It's a Christmas miracle. CNN is finally reporting on the Hunter Biden scandal. And Black Lives Matter isn't too happy with Biden after he excluded them from a meeting with civil rights groups. And a Massachusetts nursing home is actually going to start accepting coronavirus patients. Did we not learn our lesson the first time? We have got all that and much more. It's coming up. It starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Hillary Kennedy filling in for Sarah Gonzalez while she is out on her maternity leave. And boy, we have a really good show for you today. If you've been wondering what's been going on with the whole Hunter Biden scandal, well, we've got some great updates for you. So, of course, I'd have some of the best of the best here at the table, like Mr. Eric July, host of For Canon's Sake and a Blaze TV contributor. I'm dying to know what you think about some of this stuff. <laughs> and then Kez Schaefer, the host of Crocs On, twice this week. I'm Watch so excited. one week. You can't get enough. Uh, of that's me. right. <laughs> We're very lucky. All right. So we're going to start off with the Hunter Biden story. So, Hunter Biden, he's saying his tax affairs are under federal investigation. Now, apparently, the Justice Department began investigating Hunter Biden's taxes back in 2018, but reportedly paused that investigation while Joe Biden was running for president, citing a DOJ policy against overt action that might impact the election. Now, that policy didn't seem to stop the FBI from pursuing a baseless investigation against Donald Trump's 2016 campaign, nor did it stop them from investigating Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server whenever she was running for secretary of state. Or, yeah, that's right. So the Biden transition team, they released a statement from Hunter Biden yesterday about this revelation. And it said, I learned yesterday for the first time that the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware advised my legal counsel also yesterday that they are investigating my tax affairs. I take this matter very seriously, but I'm confident that a professional and objective review of these matters will demonstrate that I handled my affairs legally and appropriately, including with the benefit of professional tax advisors. So they got this statement from the Biden transition team after they asked for a comment about their investigation into the story. The report also says the investigation was probing allegations of money laundering related to foreign countries, including China. I do want to note they said the investigation does not implicate Joe Biden. So I want to start with you, Eric. What do you think of the DOJ's comment that they they paused this investigation due to their policy of not wanting to interfere with well, the election? Well, that's bullcrap. Um, I mean, maybe they actually did. They didn't want to interfere with the uh, upcoming election, but that certainly didn't stop them before, um, and it wouldn't didn't stop them in the past. So it seems that Biden he's more elitist than uh, your standard politician. Him and Clinton, I think, float around the same sort of club. But they even investigated her, so maybe. He's of the upper echelon. He's been uh, been in politics or been in government for what is it, 47 years, and he has those connections. Now, look, we know why they didn't pursue that when they did, because, of course, it could. Even though they may say that, it doesn't seem like it would, let's say, criminalize Joe Biden. When you're dealing with his son and all of this that's going going on, they know that that's sort of where people would point to. So that could be why uh, they they paused it because it is absolutely corrupt. Now, when, it talk, when we talk about taxes, though, I love the position that, of course, taxation is theft. My only issue with this, um, you know, in my honest assessment of this, my problem 
is the utter hypocrisy by way of the mainstream media acting like this is oh well just now we we seem to uh it seems to be like a smoking gun here no there's been a smoking gun there for i don't know how long you just guys decided to uh you thought it was a conspiracy theory when we talked about it here at the blaze i don't know how many times that i got people messaging me telling me that we're quacks and just speaking up trying to talk things into existence mm -hmm. um and now all of a sudden they're behind it because well it seems like the election's over and and, and biden is, is going to be the president let them tell it so that's my issue with it and it's been my issue with taxation in general a lot of these guys when it comes to they'll, they'll talk about trump and uh, his lack of paying taxes or something of that nature but these guys all try to dodge these guys all get their the, the very expensive lawyers tax lawyers to try to get them out of paying taxes because nobody wants to do that voluntarily is kind of the opposite of what taxation is so if they were consistent on this matter like let's say as libertarians were i give them the benefit of the doubt like of course i don't want the state or the federal government in this case coming for you when it comes to these uh taxes like they they owe nothing it's all theft However, we're dealing with hypocrites here, and we have to discuss that. Mm -hmm. Well, like you mentioned, uh, the media is finally deciding to cover this Hunter Biden story, even though we've been talking about it for a very long time here. Um, we've got a clip from CNN reporting on it recently. President-elect Joe Biden's son, Hunter, announced that the U.S. attorney in Delaware has notified his lawyer that the U.S. attorney has investigated Hunter Biden's taxes. CNN senior justice correspondent Evan Perez joins me now on the phone. What we know is that this is an investigation that goes back again to 2018 and it's been looking at everything from, uh, from taxes to potential violations of money laundering laws. And it has to do, Jake, with Hunter Biden's business activities in China. Now, uh, in particular, there was an episode uh, that happened in 2017 where uh, Hunter Biden had a meeting with a Chinese businessman by the name of Ye Jianming. And at the end of that meeting, Hunter Biden goes back to his hotel room and he receives a 2.8 carat diamond from, uh, from Ye, from Mr. Ye. Now, uh, Hunter Biden gave an account of this entire episode to The New Yorker in a profile last year. And we're told, uh, our sources tell us, uh, Jake, that this is part of the investigation that the IRS criminal investigation uh, agency, the FBI, the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware has been investigating. So when all this happened a while back, Jake Tapper actually said that these allegations were too disgusting to repeat on the air. But now that it seems for them, at least the election is over, all of a sudden that they've had this change of heart. I think the only reason they're talking about it is because he acknowledged it like publicly, like, okay, they're, they're investigating me. And now they're like, Oh, well, well, they're investigating. This is insane because we were taught, we had been talking about this. I remember for like a week at a time, right mm -hmm. over here at, at the table. And we get wrote, wrote off for being conspiracy theorists yep. yet. Now they want to discuss it. Now they want to discuss it and act like it's some newfound information. And definitely when it comes to China, it's the last bit I'll say on this. When it comes to China, it seems that every single instance that they accuse the opposite party of, when it when it comes to being involved with with foreign countries, be it Russia or China, it seems like this side is doing the exact thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Wasn't I, I don't know if it was Twitter or Facebook or whoever, but didn't Joe Biden before the election thank them for covering up the Hunter Biden story or making it that no one could share the articles that were coming out about all like so much stuff yeah. is mm -hmm. about Hunter, like not just this, but like <laughs> well, we, yeah, like you said, everyone's been talking about it for ages. 
And Biden's like, thanks, Twitter, for like, you got me, guys. Because misinformation. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And now, like, it's coming out. And it's like, even... So much stuff they put on pause and decided not to talk about before the election, even when they were like asking Joe Biden, like, oh, are you going to pack the courts or whatnot? And he's going, oh, well, I don't want to distract from the election. So I, uh, I don't want the news articles to be about that. So we're not going to talk about that until after that. Like so much stuff that were like, we just won't talk about anything because we know people are not going to be pretty happy about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, it's completely crazy. Uh, in fact, the, the former acting director of national intelligence, Rick Grinnell, he actually took a shot at Jake Tapper for finally acknowledging these controversies surrounding Hunter Biden. You know, Tapper shared a CNN report about the investigation on Twitter that caught Grinnell's attention. And he said, the story broke in October. You didn't do it then. Were you instructed to ignore it until after the election? So we've talked here recently about the Project Veritas, you know, expose where they listened in on CNN's early morning calls and they were basically told, hey, you know, let's not go near this story. You know, they just didn't want to touch it. And now all of a sudden, here it is. It says it's three months later <laughs> that they're reporting on this. It's convenient, how, right? How are people able to trust that network? Right, it's convenient. And this is the bizarre thing. We've discussed plenty of times how it only seems legitimate when it comes to the, let's say, average individual that's around on social media or what have you. It only seems legitimate when it comes from like the CNNs of the world. Mm -hmm. It's almost like it doesn't even exist if it doesn't come from anyone else. Like, it's, it, again, it's a conspiracy. It's these right wing, far right wing nut jobs that are just pulling things out of their behinds. No matter what the evidence shows, no matter who's who else is discussing, no matter if there is a smoking gun, no matter if you caught the gun being shot, it doesn't even matter mm -hmm. to them. So I don't understand why people would trust these institutions, because we know that they do have marching orders. They're corrupt mm -hmm. as I don't know what. We know that they get particular marching orders before they will cover a story. They don't do legitimate journalism. Right. They don't sit up here and try to inform the public. It's not even it seems to be their job. It's more like this uh, a perpetual sort of campaigning on behalf of certain politicians. And it seems like that's the one silver lining when it comes to Donald Trump is that he broke them and he made them expose themselves and they started saying the quiet parts out loud. And, you know, thankfully, you have guys like Project Veritas who are doing, I don't know, actual journalism and, and uncovering some of this information so you can see just how deep it really is where yes it is it sounds like well are they that corrupt to where they'll just be like at the top and they'll say hey we might want to stay away from this because of the implications mm -hmm. yeah and they've been doing it for for a, a longer period of time but now we're just getting to see it unfold why anybody would trust them is be is beyond me also do you think that leaked audio of their morning meetings at CNN? do you think that that's going to make them think twice now about how they report? Or do you think it's just going to be business as usual? You know what? I don't think it is going to make them think twice because remember when all that Epstein stuff came out and then that video was leaked of the news reporter that like she was caught on the camera and she's like, I had the story from for ages ago. Yes. I had this person, this person, this person. And they told me, no, they shut it down for like ages. Yeah. We've already seen this. Like what Project Veritas did exposing this, we've seen it done a lot of times before where people are like, had this and like they told me I couldn't talk about it mm -hmm. and obviously they're still doing it so it, it's not making them think twice maybe they'll just get more crafty about how they're going to be hide but it's like everyone knows open your eyes and see there's so much footage of people being like it's unreal what they're making us cover up right it's amazing what people are able to get away with yeah like 
Democratic State Representative Cynthia Johnson. So she threatened supporters of President Trump during a Facebook Live video that she streamed on Tuesday, and then she was stripped of her committee seats on Wednesday. It, it's, uh, you just have to see it. Here's the clip. So this is just a warning to you Trumpers. Be careful. Walk lightly. We ain't playing with you. Enough of the shenanigans. Enough is enough. And for those of you who are soldiers, you know how to do it. Do it right. Be in order. Make them pay. Okay, so that was the first video. Then she pretty much doubles down on her message. Here's the second video. But I wanted to share something with the soldiers. All you soldiers, soldiers of Christ. Soldiers against racism. Soldiers against misogyny. Soldiers against domestic violence and domestic terrorism. Soldiers, rise. It's time for you to rise. For okay. a second, I thought she was talking about Trump supporters because Trump supporters are against racism, against misogyny, against all this stuff. That she, so I was like, oh, I don't know who you're talking about. But when she, in the first video, when she's like, Trump supporters, stop your shenanigans. What shenanigans? Are we, well, are we the ones burning down the buildings and like causing mayhem in the streets? What shenanigans? Yeah. And when Joe Biden is like, for, for I'm the president of everyone, even if you didn't vote for me. <laughs> okay. I, I, I mean, this, this, it all speaks for itself. I mean, I think we're all thinking the same sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. And let's be as clear as we can about the whole Trumpers thing. They will call anybody to the right of Bernie Sanders that. Um, it's like, uh, that's why, and it sounds when you hear her talk, it sounds like they are part of a cult. And this is why I call them a uh, part of a cult. Because they think anybody that, let's say, do, does not associate with their particular message or their particular messaging, they consider a threat. And when I say things like they want you dead, I'm not playing around here. I'm not just speaking in hyperbolic terms. This is what they actually believe. And they're saying, like I said last segment, mm -hmm. the quiet parts out loud. They generally despise Trump supporters and they despise non-supporters. You're complicit as far as they're concerned. If you didn't support, let's say, Joe Biden or you didn't support them because I'm not a Trumper. How many times just because I take a position that's not their position I, they call me a trumper they don't care they see you as the enemy they see you as a threat and they're saying the quiet parts out loud now because they can get away with it mm -hmm. they're protected now of course she saw a bit of consequences she's doubling down on it because there's not much outside of that that's going to happen to her and she knows that she's not stupid at least in that regard so yeah, it's difficult to try to respond to that because it's like, how does someone deal with that? Because it does sound like an actual credible threat, like mm -hmm. something is going to happen to you. Is she just blowing smoke or is this for real? But I do think that these people are deranged enough 
to actually believe that something should happen to you. We've discussed the uh, different politicians uh, who think that some sort of consequence should come to people that aided in Trump's either his campaign, mm -hmm. who supported him. Yeah, they believe this sort of stuff. They don't want you around and they consider you a threat to everything it is that they believe right. in. Yep. I think it is, I think she is serious because even my husband Elijah Shafer, he's constantly getting death threats and the he has to like go out with security and armor and things like that. On the night of the election, the Black Lives Matter Antifa were trying to lead him away from the police so that they could beat him up and stab him to death, which they did stab a bunch of people that night, other Trump supporters. And so he had to be removed from that situation. Like even other leftist journalists were coming up to him saying, hey, like this is like actually serious. Like you need to get out of here. Right. Like I don't like you. I don't support you. But like. There's like they're out for your head. Like the Trump supporters are targeted and we see that constantly. So, I mean, this lady's right. For we real. have to take Cynthia Johnson seriously. Mm -hmm. OK, so we've got more to come. We've got an update on Portland. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, Home Title Lock. So here's how easy home title theft is. The legal titles to our homes, they're digitized and kept on government and business servers and in the cloud where they can be hacked. And a cyber thief, cyber thief excuse me, finds your home's title, forges your signature on a quick claim deed, stating that you sold your home to him and then is done. He takes out loans against your home until all your equity's gone and leaves you in debt, and you won't even know until the collection calls pour in because you aren't protected by your insurance, your bank, or common identity theft programs, but home title lock will protect you. And in the unlikely event you become a victim of title theft while a member, Home Title Lock will spend up to a quarter million dollars in legal fees to help restore your home's title. So go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address to see if you're already a victim, and then use code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. That's code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be back in just a minute. We saw this week that an autonomous zone was set up in Portland called the, you know, in an area called the Red House. Well, the mayor of Portland has finally decided to do something about it. Although Portland's mayor, Ted Wheeler, he's pretty largely tolerated most of the protests against the city and the federal government over racial and so social justice issues. He made it clear, though, this week the city wouldn't tolerate occupation and authorize Portland police to use all lawful means to clear that autonomous zone and end the illegal occupation. So this house that has been occupied, it's been the site of protests for months as demonstrators were rallying against the eviction of a black and indigenous family. The, the police said, we're aware of the stockpile of weapons and the presence of firearms here. And that was from Portland's police chief, Chuck Lovell. He said, we're aware of the threat to the community, to the media, to the police. We've seen the attacks. The Portland police will enforce the law and use force if necessary to restore order to the neighborhood. Because we saw how, I mean, the police were being run off. Things being thrown at them. People attacking their cars. So it is interesting, though, that Wheeler wants help from the police now after months of not really showing them any support. Yeah, that's unbelievable right now. I don't know why that's the case. We can sit here and try to allude to what it was. I mean, the election's now over and it can't really impact that. And maybe they don't want to go into the next, um, you know, 2021 and beyond because they did perpetuate this idea that, hey, look, this stuff is happening because Trump's our president. And now they maybe don't want that to be happening under a new president's watch. Now, I don't know. That's just me guessing. Or 
Yeah, it could be a legitimate threat to the community. I think last time they saw it kind of, they thought it was going to be harmless and then it sort of manifest. We saw people get shot, get, get killed in these sort of autonomous zones and business owners being threatened that are in the, in the nearby area. That's not stuff that people want to actually deal with. And maybe it affects the way that they vote the next time around. These are all things that have to be taken into consideration, certainly since we already seen uh, that it was done earlier this year. Now, the thing about the whole why they're upset is the bizarre thing to me. I know evictions and they have this sort of uh, concept of rent is theft and they believe that everybody should be housed and you should pay for it. And if they can't pay for it, then you're the bad person for saying, OK, I want to get someone in this area that will pay for it if they're going to going to live here. And they think that the that's where they had those signs that said stop evictions. And I know that it's a tough time, but it's like these guys, these groups don't ever connect the dots with why these people are in these unfortunate situations as it pertains to mortgages or or rent. And it's not COVID. It's the government's response to, 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 to COVID, why people can't work, why it is essentially illegal for them to work. That's why. But they don't ever connect the dots and they always try to slap a Band-Aid on the, on the problem. And they say, well, you're the issue for wanting to get this person up out of here because they're not coming with the rent. Mm-hmm. That's not the problem. The problem is that maybe and I don't know if, if these individual uh, issues are attributed to that. I can assume I think it's a legitimate assumption, considering that that's happening all around the country, that folks are hurting right now and they can't come up with money for rent. That's a Band-Aid being slapped to try to say, well, you just can't evict that person. Just take the hit. No, we know what's happening in these areas, especially where they're at, where it's essentially illegal for them to operate or illegal for them to work in a lot of cases. It's not the virus that's done that. It's the government. And good luck trying to get them to understand that it's like pulling teeth where they just think it's the it's the landlord's problem and everything else. They never will seem to attribute it to the government. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I I agree with what you said before about, you know, we can speculate, but the idea that, oh, now the election's over and Trump's not president. Now they're like, okay, fine, like we need to crack down because they did everything, every protest, every issue, every this. Trump's our president, not hate, love, not hate. It was always about Trump. Oh, police brutality because Trump is racist, this, that, and the other. It's like they get these silly little ideas and it's just ridiculous that they constantly blame it on Trump. And now, even they even went so far as, yeah, well, yes, we'll defund the police. And yes, but now you're like, okay, shoot. Like, now we want to crack down after you bent down and bowed down to these people who were just like children demanding things and chucking hissy fits. And you did everything. You defunded the police. You let them have Chaz, their autonomous zone for hundreds of days. I don't remember the exact amount, but they just gave them everything they wanted. But now they're all of a sudden not like... Yeah, singing a different song now. Yeah, yeah. so it doesn't really make sense. Well, I can tell you who else isn't happy. Uh, Black Lives Matter. They yeah. have been calling out... Jo- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, have they ever been happy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, they called out Joe Biden for excluding them from a meeting that he just had with some civil rights groups. So uh, Black Lives Matter said... We're the largest social and justice movement in history. We're not invited. So this meeting kind of comes at a a pivotal time. Democrats are struggling to achieve consensus on response to high-profile black deaths. They're not really sure what to do. Many have pushed to defund the police. Others have resisted those efforts. Everyone's trying to kind of figure out which direction to go in. But BLM co-founder Alicia Garza 
responded to former President Obama's concern, saying, what I want to hear from former President Barack Obama is if he's going to use his vast platform for these conversations. And what I want to hear from President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris is, what are you going to do? And that's what we haven't heard amid all this hoopla about defund the police. She added, this movement, which really helped to push Biden's campaign over the finish line, was used as a political football throughout all of this election cycle. And that was true in 2016 as well. Uh, it's like a, it was a prominent black activist uh, back in during the civil rights era that used that exact same rhetoric about people being used as political footballs. And his pawn and his name was Brother Malcolm X. They will always eat their own. And I think that conservatives and libertarians or people that are not leftist should allow them to do so. Do not get in their way when Barack Obama said that his phrase is like this, which he's not lying. Right. Definitely a lot of those older, like my mama and them, like those types of Democrats. When they say something like defund the police, that's not really something that they are for. You're seeing that disconnect. You're seeing that clash. And what Black Lives Matter in terms of the movement or rather the organization in this case, both are crooked as far as I'm concerned. They were used as pawns in this political chess game. To get them over the hump, and they knew that they were useful idiots. The Democrats knew that. that's why they would pander to them or rather allow them to act up when they didn't get their way. And now they're coming to collect. They're like, well, okay, we put you over. Now what? I'm not getting in the way with that. I say, let them fight. Let them fight. Let them get a little bit because they always end up eating their own. And you will see that there's not much like, I mean, I wanted to use a term that I probably shouldn't use on air. But let's just say their words are not in what it is they actually want to do. It's more so rhetoric. They know that. Um, and unfortunately, people will vote on that behalf because they hear something that sounds good. Yep. They're coming to collect. Black Lives Matter, the organization's coming to collect. We'll mm -hmm. see what happens. But I'm not getting in the way of that. Let them fight. Yeah. I don't know why they're calling themselves like, we're the biggest social justice, whatever. We fight for all these things. It's like, what have you guys ever achieved? Nothing. Did you end police brutality? Did you end racism? No, I saw you screaming in the faces of people just eating their dinner. I saw you beating up my husband along with every other journalist. I saw you burning down minority towns and cities and businesses. And so what have you actually done? Mm -hmm. You've what's what's your like your history of doing anything good. That might explain why they didn't get invited to the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Taser. You know, the world in 2020, like we're talking about, it can feel like an unstable and a dangerous place, but we can't live in fear. Taser is giving people the confidence to protect themselves by creating life-saving self-defense technology. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices, they're small and they're lightweight enough to carry with you or in your glove compartment or in your purse, yet they are powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. Now, guns can come with risks for you and those around you, and even pepper spray that can harm you as much as an attacker, and it's often ineffective. So Taser products are safer and they're easy to use. They use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds, allowing you time to escape and even send emergency dispatch to your GPS location. Taser devices, they come loaded with features like laser-assisted targeting and that emergency dispatch, which will send response teams to your GPS location upon firing. More than 237,000 lives have been saved with the Taser network of devices, their apps, and their personnel. So protect yourself and your family with Taser's line of smart self-defense products. 
Taser is available without a permit in most U.S. states. Get the Taser Pulse Plus or a Taser Strike Light at taser.com with promo code Y. Save 15% now at taser.com, promo code Y. Spelled T-A-S-E-R.com, promo code Y. Restrictions apply. See the site for details. We will be back. For those of us with friends and relatives that are staying in nursing homes or long-term care facilities, this story really strikes a chord. There's a Massachusetts nursing home that is going to begin accepting coronavirus patients, and some people are really sounding the alarm about it. It's concerning. Willow Manor in Lowell, it announced on Tuesday, they have a portion of their facility that's isolated in order to accept COVID-19 patients. Some of the staff members and the residents are going to be dedicated to those patients and not intermix with everyone else in order to keep from spreading the virus. Gosh, State Representative Mark Lombardo, I, he said some things that I think a lot of people were thinking. He criticized this and said, this is insanity. He said, while we're restricting people from attending church due to COVID concerns, we're allowing long-term care facilities like Willow Manor and Lowell to take in outside COVID patients. The state has nearly 7,000 deaths already, 65% of them in long-term care facilities. Insanity, he added. Now, Willow Manor officials, they said they were asked to open the facility to coronavirus patients because there's been such a big spike in hospitalizations. But why do they think continuing to put these nursing home patients in the same facilities with COVID patients is a good idea. It's when you consider definitely out there that number 65 percent. I thought it was higher than that, but it's a significant amount of people that have died in these nursing home facilities from COVID-19. And this is the joke about this whole ordeal is that there is a significant part of the population that we already know is the most vulnerable. So they crack down on us, though, the folks that are part of the healthy uh, more the healthier population. You can't go to church. You can't work certain jobs. Um, you have to go through these sort of restrictions in order to try to operate. Yet here they will put ticking time bombs in these facilities where we know this is an upper East Coast where that's attributed to most of the deaths out there. They have no problem doing that. Now, it doesn't make sense. They keep talking about the supposed well, hospitalizations going up and all that. There, see, there doesn't seem to be anywhere in the country in which someone that needed COVID treatment specifically, maybe not other things, uh, but COVID treatment didn't get it. They keep talking about this uh, rise of potential capacity issues and all of this. And this is why they make these stupid bonehead decisions. So they don't protect the most vulnerable population. This is why I always state it that the one size fits all when it came to this was one of the most criminal things. We know what Cuomo did out in New York. It's one of the most criminal things that was done in handling this whole entire COVID-19 situation. They should not have been worrying about folks like us. They should have allowed us to make decisions for ourselves and put their resources, the time and resources, into protecting that particular portion of the population. Not us, but instead what they do is try to exhaust all of their resources to everybody around, no matter if you have a 99% survival rate, depending on your health and age status, and then those, the ones that need it the most, have to go through these sort of odd backdoor sort of ways. Yeah, we're going to put them 
them in. And I don't believe any second where they say, well, they're going to be separate uh, in the sense that, well, some of people that let's say the nurses or whoever are there, excuse me, the, the actual taking care of the patients won't mingle with the people on the other side. I don't believe that for one right. one second. So they're not protecting the most popular, uh, most vulnerable population. And they steady worried about us. Doesn't make sense. I agree. Do you feel like all common sense has just disappeared when it comes to this? Yes. I, I'm sure you guys feel this as well, but people who will criticize me or other people who are like, I don't want to wear a mask, or I, you know, I want to just like live my life, like leave me alone, I'm healthy, I'm going to take the risk. You don't care about elderly. You want your grandma to die, like someone's grandma could die. And, the, and you just like get berated with, I hate old people, I hate vulnerable people, blah, 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 blah. And yet they go, let da 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 da, let me just put all these old people um, with all these other COVID patients. It's like, it doesn't, it really doesn't make sense. And if they're going to go ahead and do that, well, I don't want to hear anything about how me not wearing a mask yep. is killing the old people. You're killing the old people. Well, we only have a couple of minutes to talk about it, but the UK issued an alert over the COVID vaccine after two people that took it fell ill. And now they're saying the vaccine should only be given where resuscitation measures are available. Oh, my gosh. Now, they're saying that people who typically have allergic reactions to food or drugs maybe should not take this vaccine. But, boy, it didn't take very long for the negative side effects to start, did it? Ain't that something, right? You got people's faces uh, being paralyzed and all sorts of weirds. I told y'all. Now, what I, the analogy that I used was baby legs growing out of people's necks. <laughs> but, yes, this is a, they, they have, there's no way that they could have tested this for a longer period of time. Of course, it was going to have side effects. Mm -hmm. Generally, it takes years to develop a, a vaccine mm -hmm. because you have to go through that trial period. Yeah. Yet they rushed this one out there, and then they're demanding that, that you take it. I told y'all fools like yeah there may be some folks that are all right they probably would and those people probably would have been all right if they caught the actual COVID-19 they caught the virus this is what, the, what we're dealing with this is insanity and they mm -hmm. say that oh, we're anti-vax because I'm saying there ain't no way in hell that I'm taking that yeah. call me whatever you will but I'm not gonna have my face paralyzed I'm not gonna just be getting <laughs> over over sick uh, or something of that nature because I took this vaccine. I'll just take my chance because I'm going to get sick. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, if I catch COVID, who knows? I probably already had it. <laughs> yeah. I, my issue with vaccines is that, like, it doesn't matter what medication it is. Even when you watch, like, the ads on TV, they're like, ask your doctor, blah, 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 side effects may include if you have this, da, 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 don't <laughs> take this. It's like, how is it possible that there are medications that not everyone can take? Because we're all different. Our bodies respond differently. How can you make a vaccine that's perfectly fine for every single person in the world? Yeah. I don't True. think it's possible. I think everyone needs to make that decision for themselves. You, I'm, I'm not going to take it. And I, I think a lot of people, well, I won't say anything, actually. <laughs> but I just don't think you can make one medication or one vaccine or one something that's going to work the exact same in every single person's body. True. It's just not true. Well, the, the two people that were affected, they are expected to recover. And they're saying the reaction tended to involve a skin rash, breathlessness, sometimes a drop in blood pressure. But as we've seen this year, the information that we're getting sometimes isn't complete information. So who, who really mm -hmm. knows what those side effects are or will be? So uh, just something to make note of. All right, we got to go to break. We'll be back in just a minute. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's so early. The people who are like, let me be first in line. I'm like, mm. You know, we love it here when Hollywood celebrities try to tell us their thoughts and opinions on masculinity or femininity. So here's a good one for you today. Hollywood actor Kumail Nanjani. He got 
thousands of responses on Twitter after declaring traditional masculinity is a disease. A lot of people upset by this because it, it seemed to be in response to a tweet regarding President Donald Trump's popularity with men in the 2020 election. So there was a, a senior writer at 538 who tweeted one of her articles with, that was captioned, why did so many men stick with Trump in 2020? The COVID-19 pandemic may have given him a way to reach more masculine men. Many of those men actually liked Trump's shrug it off approach. So that's when Kumail responded with traditional masculinity is a disease. However, a lot of people pointed out that when he was getting ready for his role in the Marvel superhero movie, The Eternals, he got shredded and he was posting a lot of photos of himself shirtless, showing how he had shaped his body or whatever. Looked pretty nice, by the way. But people were saying that was you displaying your masculinity and now you're saying that it's a disease? Man, I don't know. Hollywood actors, they live in a completely different dimension than the rest of us and they view the way they view the world is through a lens that look none of us can really see it through look, the i would argue that the issue a lot of the problems that we're dealing with is that more traditional masculinity isn't even a thing um it's coming becoming less and less more of a thing definitely as the nanny state mm -hmm. continues to grow and it's this idea that protection uh, of of yourself should be pushed on the group or the uh, or the individuals, not yourself. Instead of you taking charge and uh, you as a man protecting not only yourself but your family and, and stuff like that and getting getting things done, as opposed to the traditional COVID nineteen response. Well, more so now is okay. Let the government come save you and be scared for your life. And apparently, that's a disease. Um, and if, it's a, if it is, I guess it's certainly a disease uh, worth having for, for all that I'm So we need more of that. But quacks like these Hollywood acts, you can't really take them serious. They're seeing the world through a completely different lens. And yeah, he can get shredded for Eternals. Playing a tokenized character, by the way. You can go to my channel. I talk about this sort of stuff uh, uh, all the time. That's a, that's a topic for another subject. But, you know, you, don't, you can't take actors seriously. Yeah. If you want to know what traditional masculinity has done for you, it's built your cities, fought your wars, died for you, pioneered the way in medicine, in, you know, exploration, in all sorts of things. That's traditional masculinity. And it, like you said, it's dying. It's becoming less and less and less and less. But this wonderful world, this wonderful country that you live in was built by traditionally masculine men mm -hmm. who believed in something that was greater than themselves, believed in God, believed in just like going forward i don't know i just yeah like you said if it's a disease i mean i want some of that disease right yeah well and uh, gad sad who i know a lot of people are a big fan of he tweeted back is traditional femininity also a disease mm. or is it a virtue so yeah. you know kumail stick to posting the shirtless photos <laughs> just don't say anything yeah. don't, don't send out any tweets um, so you were talking about like all the advancements that mm -hmm. we have benefited from from masculinity so here's one uh spacex ceo elon musk he lauded the launch of his unmanned rocket prototype the starship sn8 it traveled nearly eight miles into the sky now the landing <laughs> Rough. <laughs> perfect, yeah, perfect way to describe it. Landing, not so great. Um, but it did have a really successful ascent, so that was pretty cool. Now, 
Musk had, uh, Musk had suggested there was a one in three chance of it landing successfully. He downplayed the importance of that happening, um, but he said there are going to be further tests because they're trying to get the rocket ready to go unmanned to Mars by 2024. And eventually he wants to have people going to Mars, living on Mars, working on Mars. So um, this is a great example, wouldn't you say, of mm -hmm. capitalism and how right. private companies can thrive so much Abolish more NASA. Right, than government <laughs> industries. I mean, he's making some pretty amazing strides. Yes, most definitely. And yeah, there are some, and a lot of it comes more so in the form of tax breaks. People talk about corporate welfare, and unfortunately they conflate, they conflate tax breaks with corporate like actual like subsidies now if he is getting those let's get rid of them but abolish nasa uh and i, I believe that private institutions and it's not just with that it's funny we talk about uh, just a real quick point we, we talk about these other advancements i believe that man would be probably in fly cars or jetpacks i probably would have came here on my little jetpack here <laughs> if it had not been from all, for all these regulations that get in the way of actual human advancement and we talk about men doing sometimes we do a lot of stupid stuff but sometimes Time doing the stupid stuff creates you know opportunity and uh, we mm. would see a lot more of that from private institutions that had to benefit from really you know their own constituents their own dollars as opposed to government just throwing money their way we need more of that and i think the more we get the state out of the way of advancement the more we're going to see uh and it's going to benefit us as consumers yeah I love Elon. I think he has such a good attitude about things. Like there's been so many times, even when he brought out that car and he's like, look, the windows don't shut up. And then it shattered. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, well, all right. Well, we just like, I just, I love that, you know, his rocket crashes and whatnot, but he's just like, he's just marching to the beat of his own drum. He's just, he loves what he does and he just wants to create things. I think it's so awesome. And I think a lot of young men or boys or even girls should look up to him like, you know what? <laughs> Your windows might break, your rocket might crash, but carry on. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, he, he's had a, a lot of wins, but he has had mm -hmm. some fails along the <laughs> yeah. way. But he does take those and yeah. go, takes him a stride, yeah. Yeah. absolutely, and yeah. like, we're going to try again. So we're about to go to break, but if he gets it up and running where it seems, I mean, as safe as can be, would you want to go to Mars in 2024? No, I don't want to go to Mars. Nope. No chance? Well, weren't we talking about yesterday how apparently there's a, a bunker on Mars, an alien or yeah, something? Yeah, the, the Galactic Federation. Yes, yeah. the Galactic Federation's on Mars. I don't want to meet the aliens. I mean, maybe if it's like some Fantastic Four stuff and yeah. I like may get there and I get some weird powers and that, that's on the table, yeah. I'll consider it. Right. Absolutely. It's not, right. it's not a no from Eric. <laughs> that's yeah. right, Eric. Not a no. no, no, no He's no, an no, adventurer. No. Yeah. All right. Well, Elon, we're, we're proud of the, the strides that you're making. Keep it up. All right, we've got to go to break. We'll be back with our question of the day. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. To make it eight miles straight up. Our poll question from yesterday was, do you think Texas' Supreme Court case will overturn the results of the election? And 59.9% of you said yes. 40.1% of you said no. So... I don't know. Thoughts? I just don't. I don't see it happening, man, but it's 2020. Anything could happen. And yeah, you told us your answer yesterday. Yeah. Like, I hope, I really hope, I think that would be really amazing for America and the rest of the world that all hope is not lost, but I'm, I'm not holding my breath. Well, today's question, do you trust, who do you trust the least? <laughs> the media, the FBI and CIA, or our politicians? 
Ooh, that's... That's a tough one. Yeah, I'm going to get on Elon Musk rocket and go to Mars now. I don't trust any of them. <laughs> I don't... The least? Yeah, I mean, it had to be, I don't trust any, for the most part, politician that doesn't have the last name Paul. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. But I, I would have to go with the politicians. Yeah. But the media can't be trusted either. That's a tough question. I, I think before this year, a lot of people wouldn't have said the media, but right. now oh, mm -hmm. yeah. there's a lot of us that are like, mm. I feel like they're all connected as well. Like the politicians True, yeah. own Absolutely. the media Absolutely. and right. yeah, like they, they all own each other. It's all the same thing. Yeah. All hand in hand. All right. So if people want to watch your show, know more about you, where can they go? Yeah. Four Cannon Psych, usually live around 12 p.m. Central, um, youtube.com slash youngworker59 or just visit fourcannonsake.com um, and catch all the audio. Awesome. Kez, what about you? You can follow me on YouTube at Croxon. Wonderful. Well, you guys, this was a fun show. I don't, the Mars thing, I don't, there'd have to be a lot of missions that would go successfully yeah. before I would be like, yeah, more tests than the COVID vaccine. But, but it would be cool. Yes, yeah. way more tests than the COVID vaccine. <laughs> we have to test that for many, many years before I'm getting on that rocket. And by then, I'd probably be too old. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.